This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Earlier in March, Rimba Watch, formerly known as the Rimba Disclosure Project, released a study which revealed that Malaysia is set to lose 2.3 million hectares of forests, reducing forest cover in the country to 47.35%. So the report, which is called the State of the Malaysian Rainforest 2023, further put that figure into perspective by explaining that the area earmarked for deforestation with the top driver of this loss fueled by timber plantations would roughly be 100 times the size of Kuala Lumpur and larger than the size of Perak, Penang and Malacca combined. And, you know, to further put that in perspective, if that was a state on its own, it would be Malaysia's fourth largest after Pahang. So that's the kind of magnitude we're talking about here. So today on the show, I'm joined by Adam Farhan. He's the director of Rimba Watch. We're going to dive into the findings of the report. I'm also going to get Adam to respond to some of the feedback from authorities that the report has since received. Welcome, Adam. How are you today? Hi, Juliet. Thanks. Uh, I'm, I'm good today and it's good to be here in the studio. Lovely to have you. Lovely to have you here in the studio as well. So I just want to, you know, uh, address a few things. Um, just so folks know, because we've had you on the show before or, or, you know, your teammates, but that, of course, was under Rimba Disclosure Project. You have changed your name to Rimba Watch, right? Yep. Yeah. I just feel that Rimba Watch is a more... Um, clear description of what we're actually doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, you know, it's kind of facilitating our change from just being a watchdog on deforestation to us being a watchdog on, you know, wider climate issues. So, you know, soon we're going to start tracking, you know, all projects in high emitting sectors that are, uh, you know, not in line with our 1.5 degree transition, you know, these, these are the kind of things that we're going to start looking into. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and that's in terms of the expansion of, uh, of the group yes. and the sort of research that you're doing. But now let's talk about this one. So this is a huge report. I think, you know, a lot of, uh, you can tell, you know, a lot of effort went into it. It's a, it's a very robust study. Why did you want to conduct this study? Can we start off with that? Why yeah. was this uh, something that you guys yeah. wanted to do? So, I mean, as we know, Malaysia has a, a commitment to maintain 50% forest cover. Um, I believe that as of right now that we are... We do have more than 50%. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed that, you know, well, one thing is that the federal government does not have, uh, well, has limited jurisdiction over what's going on in Sabah and Sarawak. Um, So as a result of that, there's limited monitoring, centralized monitoring of, you know, how many approvals we've we've, uh, put out and how much forest actually threatened in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, So the point of the report was to analyze all of our existing data and try to estimate, you know, whether we're going to, still be keeping on track with this 50% commitment in the future. Okay, all right. And maybe let's talk about this now. How was the study carried out exactly? Because I know you applied a three-step framework to the study. Talk to us about that. Yeah, okay. So it took nearly three years to collect uh, the basic data. Mm-hmm. Um, so we refer to the data as alerts. So, you know, each alert is either an area that has been already been deforested or it's an area which could be deforested in the future, i.e. if it has a credible threat, then yeah. it'll become an alert. Um, so we did it in two ways. One is that we analyzed uh, data on existing deforestation mm-hmm. uh, between 2017 and 2021. And that was by interpreting data that's published on Global Forest Watch, which is this you know, really cool tool. I, I encourage everyone listening to like go home and you know, check it out um, because it shows you all the areas of tree cover loss uh, across all tropical regions in the world. Um, so it's, it's amazing. So we, we had to analyze that data because... While the data is really useful, it's also raw. So it just so, shows tree cover loss, but it does not necessarily show deforestation. Correct. You know, so it might show selective logging or it might show tree cover loss in like, you know, rubber plantations when they replant the trees or palm oil. So, you know, we had to exclude all those. Um, and that was for, you know, existing deforestation. And then to predict future deforestation, we looked through all the, you know, 
the alerts we've uh, found through desktop research. Uh, and we basically, we had to exclude the alerts where we did not have a map of the area that was going to be affected. Um, so that narrowed us down to 427 alerts okay. for future deforestation. Uh, then we converted that map into geospatial data through overlaying it on, you know, on Google Earth uh, and then trace, manually tracing you know, the area. Uh, affected by you know each alert, okay. and then we have a further level of analysis where we had to exclude areas within that, for example, that project which isn't forested or which has already been cleared. Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. So again, I just wanted you to say that because I want you know our listeners to know that this was not just something you were sort of plucked out. It was three years uh, yep. worth of research, and uh, you know. You know, you took all the necessary steps, like you said, a three-step framework, you know, for this. So yep. let's talk about our findings now. Yeah. So uh, 2.3 million hectares of forest set to be lost, yes. uh, reducing forest cover to 47.35%. So this is, in, this is significant, isn't it? Because yep. that is below Malaysia's commitment, right, yep. uh, to maintain 50% of land as its forest cover. You, um, you know, you do mention this in the study as well. Can you just remind our, our listeners about our commitments as a nation uh, to, to keep that, uh, to yeah. maintain that? Yeah. Okay, well, Malaysia has made many commitments both you know verbally on the international stage and also in paper in local policies um it was first mentioned in 1989 by you know the former prime minister you know dr mahate uh, in under the langkawi declaration um and then further in 1992 at the rio earth summit mm-hmm. um where he committed to maintaining 50% permanent forest cover um and basically at every climate change conference malaysia repeats the same thing uh, just, just one issue is that in recent years, that commitment has kind of changed. Um, for example, uh, in the Malaysian forestry policy, which was released in 2021, the commitment changed from, you know, 50% permanent forest cover, as, you know, spoken in 1991, uh, to, sorry, 1992, uh, to 50% forest and tree cover. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of seen this transition, you know, be reflected in statements being made by political actors. And this is something that's worrying. But regardless, you know, we do have a framework here. Okay. All right. So uh, now again, you know, let's let's go back to the findings uh, that you guys came up with. So one of the major ones, of course, and that was that uh, timber plantations are the biggest threat to Malaysia's forests, right? And uh, yeah, so talk to me about that. Yes. Uh, Okay. It's a common misconception that palm oil, you know, is the biggest threat to Malaysia's forests. This is something that... It's kind of widely recognized internationally. Uh, and I think it's something that, because there wasn't any data on this before, mm. it's something that was also accepted uh, domestically. Um, but we found that, okay, firstly, between 2017 and 2021, uh, we lost 349,000 hectares of, of forest. Uh, and for this deforestation that's already happened, the majority driver, the, the top driver was timber plantations, right. uh, which accounted for, uh, I think, 40%. Uh, and then that was followed by palm oil, palm oil, which was about half of that. Uh, and then for deforestation that had already happened, there is a certain amount that we could not identify what the driver was for. Okay. Uh, that's because, you know, satellite, Im- satellite imagery doesn't show what was planted on the land since, i.e., you know, does not show the land use, uh, the land use change yet. But, you know, in future years, we'll have that. Um, and then in terms of the, the 2.3 million hectares that we've identified for projected deforestation, uh, for that one, we we see that uh, 80% of that is uh, for timber plantations, 80% mm-hmm. of the threats, which amounts to, I think, about 1.8 million hectares um, you know, of projected deforestation. Okay. Uh, from this data set, you know, palm oil is, is, is a lot lower. It's about, I think, 300,000 hectares. Okay. Um, and I would like to note that when I refer to timber plantations, 
this is how Rimba Watch refers to it, and this is how CSOs have begun to refer to it. But the government refers to it as Ladang Hutan. Okay, so for Peninsula Malaysia, they call it forest plantations. For in Sarawak, they call it license for planted forest. In Sabah, they used to call it uh, industrial timber plantations, but recently they seem to have changed the term to uh, forest farms. Ah, yep. How neutral sounding. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned that figure 349,000 hectares lost in five years, right? Yeah. Um, can you sort of help us break that down? You know, who were the top sort of mm. uh, deforesters? Uh, yeah, those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, okay, I don't have the the specific numbers on me That's right fine. now, That's but uh, the top deforesters are Sarawak, number one, mm-hmm. uh, Sabah, number two, and then Pahang and Kelantan, you know, have about an equal share. Uh, and yeah, every other state is is has a comparatively you know low number, okay. maybe three, four, five thousand hectares. But uh, the big ones, yeah, Sarawak, Sabah, Kelantan, Pahang. Mm-hmm. And that projected deforestation that you were talking about, can you just sort of really, um, how did you come up with that figure again? Can you explain that? Yeah. Okay. So we had identified four hundred twenty-seven alerts. Um, you know, for basically these these alerts show a credible threat to a forest. Yeah. Uh, so this includes environmental impact assessments that have been approved, uh, forested areas that we've identified as being for sale mm-hmm. for agricultural purposes. Uh, but the big the big uh, source of data here was actually zoning for timber plantations within forest reserves. Mm. Um, you know, so yeah, we, we take these maps, uh, you know, this is all based on publicly available data. Um, so we take these maps, we overlay it on Google Earth, we trace it manually, then we do further analysis to to exclude the areas which have already been converted or which have already been deforested, uh, you know, within these uh, project areas, uh, and then we add them up, and that's how we got the two point three million hectare uh, figure. Okay, all right, and there's been, of course, you know, some uh, contention to that, but we'll get to that uh, a little bit later. Um, some other findings, uh, Adam, that maybe you want to talk about. So I think you know one of the one of the other things that you said was that deforestation is plagued by regulatory, social, and environmental issues, including fatalities. Can you uh, expand on that? Yes. Well, the fatalities thing is is about how deforestation could have potentially exacerbated the impact of of natural disasters. Okay. Um, so, for example. Uh, in Baling, you know, we had the mudslides, which killed, I think, it was three, three people. Yeah. Uh, and then more recently, we had the Batankali uh, landslide, which, you know, had more than 30 fatalities. Yeah. In both these cases, there is a potential link uh, between deforestation and, and the disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for the Baling example, the area upstream uh, of the river that f- flows into the village, uh, Kampung Iboy, uh, that had been cleared for timber plantations and not replanted. Um, and, you know, when you look at the satellite imagery, you can see very clearly like the link showing uh, showing the mudslides from the area that was cleared into the river, which then flew into the village, which yeah. then, you know, caused those impacts. Um, but then, you know, beyond fatalities, I mean, we all know the social impacts, you know, the indigenous people in Malaysia, the Orang Asli, they are basically being kicked off their, their, their traditional customary territories. Um, for these projects, uh, particularly for you know timber plantations, we've seen a lot of conflict in Kelantan yeah. uh, between the Ladang Hutan program and, and communities. Uh, in Sarawak, uh, we've, 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 uh, our data shows that a huge amount of areas which have already been mapped by the communities themselves as their native customary land have also been zoned for, for timber plantations. Uh, this is mainly affecting Penan, mm-hmm. uh, Penan territories you know, in, in Ulubaram. Um, and then in terms of regulatory issues, uh, you know, there's issues such as deforestation occurring without 
having any valid environmental impact assessments. Mm. So, you know, just to clarify, projects of a certain size, you know, projects that, that exceed a certain threshold require an environmental impact assessment, and that's approved by the Department of Environment. But we found, and this is just one example out of the hundreds that we found, um, in Lesong Forest Reserve, which is bordering the Andal Rumpin State Park. So this is in southern Pahang. Okay. Uh, that an, an area within that forest reserve lost uh, an upwards of 20,000 hectares wow. uh, between 2017 and 2021. And for that area, there was only one approved environmental impact assessment, and that covered 249 hectares. Mm. Okay, so the, the huge remainder of, you know, pretty much, yeah, a full 20,000 hectares occurred without having a, a valid environmental impact assessment. And this is just a snapshot of, of all the issues. If we had, uh, if we had collated every single <laughs> regulatory, social, and climate issue that we had identified, you know, it would be like a two thousand to three thousand page document. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you is, of course, a lack of transparency, isn't yes. it, from uh, from our officials uh, in terms of official information as well. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Right. To give you one example, um, okay, so. Uh, a large proportion of our data on projected deforestation comes from maps of uh, uh, the zoning of timber plantations within forest reserves. Right. Uh, so some states are actually surprisingly transparent about this. Uh, Sarawak, the Sarawak Forestry Department um, published this map on their website. It was strangely taken down recently. Uh, the, link doesn't, uh, the link cannot be accessed anymore, but um, regardless, at the time I did the analysis, uh, they had published a map. Same with Sabah, same with uh, Kelantan and Perak. Uh, but for Pahang, they published a you know 300-page document online, which is the Rancangan Pengurusan uh, Perhutanan in Pahang, okay. you know the, the forestry management plan. And of that 300-page document that's available online, the only page that's missing is the map of timber plantation zoning. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's just for zoning. When it comes to environmental impact assessments... For example, um, Sarawak, we could not identify one. Okay, Sarawak is, I'm not sure what's going on, but we could not identify a single environmental impact assessment for, for Sarawak. And I think that's incredibly alarming. Mm-hmm. And I think quite quite telling as well. I, I don't know if I'm right in saying that. And, I th- you know, other things that was interesting to me from the report also, you know, th- you know, when you were talking about the lack of information, there's a lack of information on, um, I mean, things aren't made public by the authorities. There's also um, the sources of finances, right, for these yes. de- deforestation. I mean, and that's something we've been calling for, right, for uh, banks to do due diligence yeah. and for us, you know, as people to call out banks who are financing these sorts of things. I mean, talk to me a little yeah. bit about that, you know, what you discovered through your investigations. Yeah, well, what we discovered was... Uh, Nothing, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. We have been working hard to, one is to link deforestation to companies, yeah. which is, you know, a, a huge effort in itself, and then linking those companies to finance. Mm. Um, the problem in Malaysia is that a lot of the companies involved in deforestation are very, on paper, they're very small companies, you know. So you Google them and you find nothing. Uh, they're basically like one ringgit companies. Shell companies, yeah, right? shell companies. Um we have not been able to find, you know, the link between those shell companies to like the bigger subsidiary, like the bigger owners. Um, and right now, looking through the SSM reports, we just cannot link. We cannot find who the finances, who the funders are at all. Um, which means, you know, we cannot identify which banks in Malaysia are performing, you know, very poorly on on the environment. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. All right. Uh, let's just go for a quick break. Adam, when we come back, let's talk about some other findings. Let's talk about the responses uh, to uh, to the study that was released. I'm speaking today to Adam Farhan. He's the director of Rimba Watch. We're discussing the State of the Malaysian Rainforest 2023 report, which was just released uh, just a week ago or so. Uh, and that you know, puts into perspective the amount of area marked, earmarked for deforestation in Malaysia. The figure is uh, Malaysia is set to lose 2.3 million hectares of forest, reducing forest cover in the country to below 50%. We'll continue our discussion after this quick break. Keep it right here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. In the studio with me today, Adam Farhan. He is the director of Rimba Watch. Rimba Watch is an environmental watchdog uh, building an independent, timely and open inventory of data and analytics on deforestation, climate change and human rights issues in Malaysia. Did I get that right, Adam? Uh, yes, correct. Okay, word for word, right? I got yep. that from your, <laughs> website. So, from your website. But yep. yeah, Rimba Watch has been doing amazing work. You know, you were formerly known as Rimba Disclosure Project, as we uh, mentioned earlier. And as you guys, uh, you guys released a study which revealed that Malaysia is set to lose 2.3 million hectares of forest, reducing forest cover in the country to 47.35%. And that's below, you know, what we as a nation have promised, right, to uh, keep it at 50%. So, uh, Adam, you know, you were talking to me about the findings. You know, we were talking about um, th- th- there's a lot of, uh, there's a lack of information. There's a lack of transparency. Uh, and information is also very difficult to get. Yes. Um, and, you know, for you, you know, trying to do your research on this as well. I mean, talk to me some about some of the challenges, you know, getting getting those official, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, statements and data and things like that. You know, who did you speak to? Uh, you know, did you face any closed doors and things like that? Uh, doors closed to you in yeah. that sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. One of the the aims of the report was to use publicly available information. Sure. Uh, and by doing so, we would highlight you know, the gaps in available data. Correct. So we did not, um, you know, we did not actually uh, contact anyone specifically in the government to, to ask for data. Okay. Uh, well, not, not formally anyway. Our contacts, our contacts in the government attempted to find data first, but were not entirely successful. Um, so I think that's all I can comment about that. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, and again, you know, like you said, it, what the study did also is to identify the gaps, right? Yes. And what are some of those gaps that you'd like to highlight? Yeah. So, okay. In terms of data, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, environmental impact assessments are, are completely untransparent. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned earlier that for Sarawak, we could not find a single EIA. Uh, okay. But for Sabah, all we could find was a list of the um, titles, EIA titles that were approved. Okay. Uh, and this title... These EIA titles do not give any information that we can use. It's titles, for example, like 5,000 hectare palm oil development in lot 5686 Sapulut. You know, we, we can't do anything with that. Sure. Um, and for Peninsula Malaysia, uh, it's a similar issue. All we have are the titles. Um, you know, access to, to full EIA reports or even the executive summary is very limited. In fact, even sometimes um, when these are published online as part of you know the approval process, we're not even allowed to download them. Mm. As in, we can we can we can access them on the on the OneDrive link, you know, Microsoft OneDrive. But they've turned off the you know the download button, which means we can view them basically once and and never again unless we screenshot every single page. Um, yeah, and I find this very disturbing because under the EIA guidelines from the Department of Environment, they do say that these EIAs are supposed to be uh, soft copies of these EIAs are supposed to be published on their website online. Mm-hmm. And available to the public, yeah. right? Yeah, which, yeah. It's, which it's clearly not. Yeah. 
I kept mentioning that figure and that's it's tend to be the headlines, I guess, you know, on coverage uh, regarding this. But what are some findings that, you know, really surprised you, Adam, and your team, you know, when you were, uh, when you were putting this report yep. together? We, we were aware that timber plantations were fast becoming, you know, a big driver of deforestation. But the extent of it was uh, a huge surprise, the extent of our findings. So I remember that at the beginning uh, of, of my research, I had estimated that we would you know, we would have uh, projected deforestation of about 500,000 to 1 million hectares. Okay. <laughs> um, so when I finally, uh, you know, did the Excel, the sum uh, in Excel, uh, it took a few minutes to like actually um, react to the number that came up, which Comprehend was you know, that, right? yeah, 2.3 million hectares. Um, and particularly for timber plantations, I mean, 80% of 2.3 million hectares. So that's about 1.8 million hectares just for timber plantations, which I would like to clarify right now, timber plantations means monoculture plantations in forest reserves. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we are sacrificing 1.8 million hectares of technically protected areas to monoculture plantations. And these are general, uh, would these be like um, uh, virgin rainforest? Would it be a mix of different types of forests that would be, uh, quote unquote, sacrificed for uh, these forest plantations? Okay, so... Uh, you know, the government justifies timber plantations by saying that we only do this as a way to restore degraded forests. Yeah. Um, but what we found in reality, for example, if you look at Lakom Forest Reserve, which is uh, it's about 30 minutes east of, of Bentong, mm-hmm. near the Kuala Ganda Elephant Sanctuary, okay. uh, lovely area, or formerly lovely area, um, the in, pretty much the entire forest reserve has been zoned for timber plantations. And when you look into the satellite imagery, you know, because Google Earth has imagery that goes back to 1984, it had not been logged since a long time before 1984, because when you look at the imagery from 1984, it appears completely intact. Mm. And its intactness stays until it started to be cleared for timber plantations in 2016. Um, Similar case occurs um, for an area that was zoned for uh, timber plantations in Sabah, in Sapalut Forest Reserve. You know, if you look at the satellite imagery, you can compare the quality of the forest within that area that's been zoned with the an area of forest which has not been locked at all mm-hmm. uh, across the border in Kalimantan, which is nearby. Okay. And they appear to be exactly the same. So, you know, what the government's claiming is very different to what's going on on the ground. And my suspicion is that, you know, a huge, huge amount uh, of this 1.8 million hectares is not degraded at all. Mm-hmm. Or even if it is degraded, there is no justification to convert degraded forests to monoculture plantations. If the aim is to restore uh, the forest, it has to be restored to natural forests and uh, not degraded forests. And this also raises the question of, okay, let's take the, what the government claims uh, at face value, mm-hmm. that 1.8 million hectares of our forest reserves are degraded and can be converted to monoculture plantations. Why are 1.8 million hectares degraded? You're supposed to be managing this forest sustainably. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, on that note, let's talk about some of the responses, right? So you have, mm. uh, I mean, it's been a little bit over a week, I think, since you released the statement. You've received several responses, yes. uh, both state and federal agencies, right? Uh, let's let's start with the Ministry of Natural Resources, Environment and Climate Change. Uh, am I right that they neither confirmed nor denied your findings? Uh, yes, they said that they need time to, to verify the findings. But, um, you know, to their defense, they did also thank us at okay. the beginning of, the, of their response. Um, for our work in raising, you know, awareness on deforestation. So, 
yeah, I, okay. I'm I'm quite okay with that response. That, no, that's fine. I wanted to get that out of the way because yeah, you know, neither confirm nor deny. But then you know, following that, there was refutations, isn't yeah. it, uh, from uh, several state governments and also I believe the Forestry Department of Peninsula mm. Malaysia. Shall we tackle that? Um, let's talk about the Forestry Department's uh, response. So they said that they found that you used a different definition from the one that they used. Uh, you know, that the the department or the government used uh, in terms of the definition of forest. Uh, maybe you can just explain that. Yep. Um, yes, we did use a different definition of forest. This was stated very clearly in the Correct. report, yes. including in the title, which says state of the Malaysian rainforest, not state of the Malaysian timber plantations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how Rainbow Watch defines forest cover is it has to be natural forest cover. And it has to have been natural forest cover basically since the beginning of time, as in it has not yet been converted to a different land use. Or if it has been converted to a different land use in the past, it's now in a state where, you know, it is natural forest cover again. Um, And in our definition, we make reference to existing um, uh, data sets defining natural forests. For example, you know, the EU tropical moist forest um, data set, which shows shows the geospatial data of what a natural forest is. Uh, Of course, these are estimations, but this is still something. Um, So that's how we define it. How the government defines forests is they follow the Food and Agriculture Organization's definition uh, of a forest, um, which allows for timber plantations to be counted under forest cover. And I personally believe this is, first of all, you know, the FAO, the Food and Agriculture Organization, you know, the FAO's definition of forest cover it may well be suited to forests in temperate climates. You know, for example, in Russia, you might not be able to distinguish a planted forest from a natural forest. But that definition cannot be used in Malaysia because our natural forests, you know, they host hundreds of species of tree per hectare and a monoculture plantation only hosts one. So this definition that the Malaysian government is using is completely irrelevant to the Malaysian context. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they have decided to to adopt this FAO definition uh, for Malaysia's commitment to maintain 50% forest cover. Okay, so the, the commitment to maintain 50% forest cover has always been done in forums focusing on climate change and on conservation. You know, from the Rio Earth Summit to COP26, so why are they using a definition of forest cover that's not suited for, you know, co- to conservation, to climate change? They're using a, a definition that's suited more for resource management and for business, mm-hmm. in essence. Yeah, I think uh, I was reading one article, uh, Adam, and you said that, you know, going by Putrajaya's definition, the country could proceed to cut down 100% of its natural forests and just replace them with plantations, right? If you were to exactly. go like that. Yes, there's nothing, there is nothing on paper because the definition is on paper. Even the land doesn't even have to have a timber plantation on it to be counted as forest mm. because the land has been zoned as, a, as forest. So when you look at how Malaysia you know, calculates forest cover, it includes blanket terms like uh, permanent forest reserves. So any land within those permanent forest reserves are automatically counted as forest cover. But there's tens, hundreds of thousands of hectares of permanent forest reserves which have been you know, clear cut and nothing's been planted on the land. So it's just... It's barren, it's empty land, and that's counted as forest cover. So, yes, you're right. You know, the government could cut down all of our natural forests. They don't even have to replant it with a templar plantation. They can just leave it, and they can still technically claim... 
you know, to have 50% forest cover. Correct. And I mean, we're not even talking, you mentioned, you know, some of those those uh, talks that we attend, COP and everything. And let's not forget, you know, our biodiversity talks as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all, you know, f- you know, front and center there, but um, we're not talking about, uh, you know, what happens to our, yeah. our biodiversity, right? And, you know, we claim, of course, you know, 17th, uh, one of the 17 mega diverse countries in the world. Yep. I don't think forest plantations are going to uh, help us keep no, that status, no, right? No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. They're not even native species. Yes, exactly. Um, what, what else is that? Uh, rubber, acacia. Rubber, acacia, and uh, what's the other one that I... Eucalyptus. Eucalyptus, yep. yeah. So, okay. All right. Now, I guess, you know, let's just talk about... Um, you've, you've, of course, in the study, as you always do, you know, identified priorities, which, you know, the government, uh, regulators, you know, even the private sector can leverage on uh, to, I guess, to fix this, right? I mean, what are some of your recommendations? Okay. Firstly, to the government... Um, their, their definition of forest cover is is completely inadequate, you know, from a conservation standpoint. Um, and therefore, first and foremost, you know, before talking about any 50% commitment, they have to, to define what a forest is properly and to define deforestation properly. You know, for example, currently, the government does not consider the the clear felling of natural forests and the replacement with monoculture plantations as deforestation, yeah. as long as the land is zoned as forest. forest. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, they have to adopt a proper definition. For example, if they do insist on using the, the FAO's definition, the FAO has a sub-definition for uh, naturally regenerating forest. Mm-hmm. So they could adopt that and, and use that within the context of any, you know, conservation pledges, such as the 50% commitment. Um, so that's that's for the government, um, particularly for the Department of Environment, uh, in terms of you know helping to perform on this fifty percent commitment, they have to stop approving environmental impact assessments for timber plantations. Um, you know, I've I've spoken to Nick Nasmi uh, a few times, and he has he you know he he does say that Malaysia does have a peninsula of Malaysia has a moratorium on new forest plantations. And it does, but that moratorium does not extend to the establishment of timber plantations in land which has already been zoned okay. uh, for these purposes. So, you know, not just the Peninsula Department of Environment, but the respective environmental agencies in Sabah and Sarawak, they have to stop approving these projects. It's because at the end of the day, this is sort of the final barrier, uh, you know, between the, the zoning of that area for plantations by the forestry department and the actual approval mm. of the project. This is one of the barriers that that could halt the clearing of 1.8 million hectares um, of forest. And, you know, beyond the government, I would like to reach out uh, to financial institutions. Um, you know, deforestation is not cheap. It requires a whole lot of capital to, to carry out. Um, and especially when you're talking about plantations, you know, these are 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 year uh, long projects. They require steady sources of, of capital. Uh, as a financial institution, if you want to consider yourself sustainable, uh, you you have to stop financing to you know projects involving deforestation, and you have to you also have to use you know the right definitions. Uh, so if you're looking at, for example, NDPE commitment, mm. uh, no deforestation, peat, and exploitation, uh, this commitment you know should be aligned to natural forests and not to what the government claims as deforestation. You know, financial institutions always have to go beyond, uh, you know, mere legal requirements and to go beyond, you know, the government. Um, and I think this is very important. And financial institutions in Malaysia have not had the same amount of reputational sort of pressure as, you know, banks in the UK, 
uh, and Australia have been having over financing climate change. Um, and they've been quite you know, privileged in that regard. But the time to start adopting better policies is now or else you will face these reputational issues very, very soon. Um, sorry, I didn't ask you about, you know, uh, what the Sabah and Sarawak uh, state governments uh, responded to you guys. Do you, do you want to cover that as well? Uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's pretty much the same. The right? same. It's exactly yeah. the same as okay. what uh, Peninsula Malaysia right, uh, okay. said. It, I can note right now that it's actually quite a, you know, because none of the responses from any of the forestry departments actually addressed any of my key findings. <laughs> um, okay, so I... I had identified 437 alerts, mm -hmm. uh, resulting in 2.3 million hectares of proposed deforestation in the future. Each of those alerts um, are downloadable in full uh, on my website. It's stated clearly in the report. And so I assume they've had a chance to look through them and you know they did not debunk a single one of those 437 alerts. Mm -hmm. They also did not address my key finding, which was that timber plantations will be the you know top driver of future deforestation. So... You know, based on that, I actually take the responses from these departments as an acceptance of my findings. Okay. All right. Well, um, well Adam, you know, I on a personal level, it's a message to Malaysians, right? What do you hope that they will also uh, take away from, you know, all this hard work that you guys have put together? What do you hope that they will mm. do with it? Yeah. You know, Malaysia's forests are our shared resource. They don't belong to a single person. And, and I believe no, no single person has the right to, you know, zone these forests for deforestation and to cut them down. Mm. Um, I feel like the ordinary Malaysian has to really understand the contributions of forests to our lives. You know, they're not, they're not empty and non-productive spaces. They provide things to the economy. They provide water. You know, where do you think your water comes from? Um, they provide temperature regulation. Uh, they provide protection from, you know, disasters like landslides and flooding. These are services the forest provide by staying intact. And these are basically profits that we get from the forest. Okay, if you want to, you know, use this kind of, this kind of terms. And so when someone else goes and cuts down these forests, they're digging into our resource. You know, yeah. they are taking away ecosystem services from us, and they're exposing us to greater, immediate and long-term climate change risks. So you know, we all need to. None of us. We should not stand for this. We all need to act. And I think the best way to act is to. You know, pressure the government, pressure your MPs, pressure your banks uh, to stop supporting deforestation, primarily to end uh, the timber plantation programs. All right. Thank you so much, Adam, uh, for joining me today. Uh, and, you know, Adam, you know, if folks would like to read that report in full or if they would like to, uh, I guess, get in touch. Um, you guys are on all pretty much all social media channels, yep. right? And you also have a, well, I guess you have a link tree, right? So yes. that's a link tree. Um, just search for Rimba Watch, right? Yeah, and just search for Rimba Watch. Um, we also have a website, uh, web.rimbadiscloseureproject.com. Okay. Uh, we have not changed the domain yet. All right. But uh, our map, uh, sorry, our website actually shows an interactive map uh, displaying all of our data. Okay. So you can go to our map and you can see exactly which areas are going to be cut down. And I think that's uh, that's also something that could be quite interesting. I'm looking at it right now. It's very it's very distressing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and all of this comes, you know, at the heels of the IPCC report just coming out, you know, and nothing, nothing looks good, right? And yes. uh, basically it's like you're just almost, you're practically too late. Yeah. Um, but it's going to get even worse if we don't take action la, yep. as well, right? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, um, Adam, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Adam Farhan. He is the director of Rimba Watch. Again, just search for Rimba Watch. Uh, go to their website or follow them on social media to keep updated. If you miss any part of our chat today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth 
or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.